0: Hi, I'm Jess, and I'm out to get the life and love of my dreams. I'm tired of seeing myself get in the way of my goals and desires, be heartbroken over unavailable guys, and feel unsatisfied and unhappy in life and love. If this sounds like you too, let's do this together. I've created this podcast so we can connect, learn, and grow together. Each week I'll be sharing, exploring, and learning alongside you on topics like dating, inner work, self-love, health and fitness, and so much more. Welcome to Happiness with Jess, a podcast for self-love, better dating, getting out of your own way, and getting the life and love you want. I'm so happy you're here.
1: Hello, and welcome back. I mean, I feel like I should also be saying welcome back to myself. Um, If you follow me, you know that I was out in the Grand Canyon this past weekend hiking, um, from one side to the other. And it was like an epic journey. So I kind of feel like I'm getting back into life and reality right now. So it's like a welcome back for me as well. Um So yeah, this episode's coming a little bit later than usual. I do just want to say like, I'm still trying to figure out when I'm going to have episodes. Ideally, I do want to have them weekly for us. But I'm just navigating some new things in my life, which I'm going to talk more about in this episode. And so, yeah i I want to be committed to this and offer weekly episodes. I just have haven't really figured out my whole life and my schedule yet. So just uh, just take just know that like I'm I'm still learning, and I hope that you guys are. I just appreciate how cool you guys are with, you know, me navigating this. So just wanted to throw that out there. I am a little bit late, but ideally these are going to be every Tuesday, but we'll see. <laughs> because the big thing for me here is just feeling like ease and not a lot of pressure. I think that's the thing that culturally we really... Um, you know, we do often, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to produce and to be in hustle mode and grind mode. And I just really don't want that for my life. And so I want this podcast to be fun. And I want to bring on the energy. So that means kind of figuring out like what's doable for me. And I I really just don't know yet. So I'm navigating that. And like I said, I'm going to go into more detail later on about everything that's happening in my life. And I thought for today's episode, yeah, we would recap the hike that I just did. This was something that was on my bucket list for about five years. And it was a big time goal of mine that I crossed off and a really cool experience that I want to share with you guys. And along with that, in this episode, I'm going to cover some of the things that I'm working on, some things that I've noticed in my life, That I am struggling with and want to be a little bit better at and as well as some things with my dating life. And so I'm going to share, you know, a little bit about my dating right now, about some things I'm struggling with and about the hike. So let's get into it. So a little backstory about the hike. So this is Rim to Rim is what it's called. It's from one side of the canyon to the other And you can do it either way, the north side or the south side, starting on one side and going to the other. And it's pretty epic. And I learned about this hike about five years ago. Somebody um, that I knew had did it, and it just seemed like such a cool thing to do. Like, what was appealing to me about it was, like, knowing that there's so much beauty. I knew I was going to see some beautiful stuff, like... The Grand Canyon is a Grand Canyon for a reason, you know. And so to be able to go down there and explore it in that way would just be insane. Um, Not only that, I learned that there's very little light pollution in that area, meaning there's not a lot of um, lights at night in the sky. So the stars are way more visible. And so the idea of camping down at the bottom of the Grand Frickin Canyon, looking up at the stars was really appealing to me. And finally, just the challenge of it, like, it's 24 miles from one side to the other. Like, it's not something that you know, anybody can just do like, it's something that you do need to train for and be physically fit for um, to have more success with it. And I was really wanting to challenge my body in that way and see what I could do in that um, physically. And so this, like I said, has been about five years in the making. And some things that prevented me from doing it were, you know, COVID. That definitely put a, a a block on lots of things in our lives, and it prevented me from doing this hike for about two years. I remember going to the Grand Canyon in um, the beginning of 2020, actually. I had gone for... Uh, a short trip and I was getting excited to start preparing for rim to rim. And then, you know how that happened. March came around and things got shut down. So, and a lot of the services were shut down as well for a number of years. I actually, while we were hiking it, I had learned that some of them had just reopened like, within the last few months. So it took a little while. Um, along with that, I had a denied permit So in order to do this hike, you have to request a permit, at least to camp down at the bottom. Like you can do it from one side to the other in one day, Um, but to camp down at the bottom, you needed a permit. And this is like (laughs) a very ancient process, I would say. You have to mail in um, a request form and you know specify the dates and the people and what trail you're going to take and all this. And then they're going to email you back. To deny you or allow you. And the first year, which I applied last year, 2021, or no, shoot, we're in 2023 right now. So, 2022, I applied and I got denied. And that took about a couple of months to even get denied. So, you have to do it like four months before you plan to do your trip. And yeah, I got denied. And then this past year, I applied again. And I just included a little note in there. And I don't know, maybe this is how I ended up getting my permit accepted. Because reading online, like, you can get denied for many, many years. Like, it's something that is really special to be able to, like, be allowed to do, essentially. Because <laughs> they can deny you or not. There's only a limited amount of um, camping spaces that, they're, that are down at the bottom. And so I just wrote a little note in there saying, like, I... Just really want to experience this hike. Like, if these dates don't work, I am open to other dates. I'm very flexible here. Just tell me when and where I like. When and where? Like, I'll start at the north side. I'll start at the south side. I don't care. I just really want to experience this hike. And so, about a week later, after I, I mailed this permit in, I got an email, and they they offered me. Um, this specific weekend with these um, stipulations. And I was like, yes, I'm doing it. I'm going for it. Like it's a little bit hotter to do in June. And um, so there was a little bit of like, oh, okay, that you know, that's not an ideal month, but I'm doing it. And so the pr- the training and the prep began. And I mean, for as far as like prep and planning goes for this trip, like it does take some time. Like I did a lot of research about it, read a lot of people's um, experience on it. So I best knew what to expect here. I knew this hike was something that is really strenuous. It is really um, difficult and people have died doing it. So I wanted to be prepared. And so After the permit got accepted, I really started to look at all the things that we would need, um, the like just booking things for ourselves and getting gear and just figuring out like what this was going to actually require of us. So about six weeks out is when I really started to buy the things like I needed a backpack. I needed like, you know, some basic food like type cooking gear. I needed a sleeping bag, a sleeping pad, like some of these things that I just didn't have. This was my first backpacking experience. So I didn't have a lot of the gear and that stuff does cost a little, you know, a little bit. So it was nice to kind of spread it out and allow myself some time to gather it. From there, I think the next main thing was just kind of planning our route and how we were going to do it because you know, you're on one side and you're ending at the other side. And so it's about a four or five hour trek around to drive. And so kind of configuring out where we're going to have our cars. And so with my permit, it was saying to start on the north side and at the south. And the south side is like the main entrance where most people go. Um, It's the more commonly visited um, spot. And so Luckily, they have shuttles that take you from one side to the other, so I, after doing some research, I found a shuttle for us, and what we did was we drove to the south side, left my car on that side, and then took the shuttle to the north side, and that was about a five-hour drive, so a long day in the car on Friday. (laughs) That's all I'll say about that. But going to the north side was such a cool experience. That's a side that not a lot of people go to. Um, It's almost like on the border. It's like on the border of Utah. Like this thing, this canyon is huge. And so it takes a while to get around there. But I don't know. If you ever have visited the Grand Canyon, I almost recommend going to the north side because it's so beautiful. It's got a lot more trees, a lot more greenery, um, and just So much beauty. That's a little bit different landscape than what you see at the south side. The south side is more prepared for larger groups of people and the, you know, the oohs and the ahs. But I just thought the north side was something really special and cool. So I was really excited to get to experience both. Um, But as far as like training went for this, I had a lot of fun doing it. I haven't really been an athlete. I wouldn't consider myself somebody who has a lot of experience training for things like other than just life. (laughs) I'm more of like a, a lifestyle exerciser. I haven't been somebody who... Um, was in athletics really? I did some marathon, half marathons, and you know that requires some training. But I haven't trained for anything in a while, so it was kind of cool to um, just have something to challenge myself with. And so i I really was focusing on longer hikes and some more endurance type strength training in the gym to keep me fit and prepare myself for this. I can't say that I was super um, worried about my ability to do this hike. I felt pretty good, but I did want to not injure myself. And I am I wanted to be able to physically do this without, like, really exhausting myself or putting myself in any danger. I had pretty good capabilities and like, the mental like willpower if you will to know like I could do this but I just wanted to prepare myself so I did do some strength training and hiking to get myself ready like I got some longer hikes in before I went and was hiking every weekend did some more like endurance type strength training which included like step ups and um some treadmill walking and incline walking as well as just my my usual lifts but more like lower weight higher rep just to continue to train my muscles and my um, my output abilities to be more geared for like long endurance type training and I'm glad I did because this hike really was challenging I mean it's 24 miles and we split it up in two days and what really makes this hike pretty difficult is a couple of things. So the elevation is pretty drastic. So you're going to hike down a whole mile about into the canyon and you lose about 5700 some <laughs> like feet of elevation. So if that's you're not a hiker, that's a lot. Like that's pretty pretty steep. (laughs) And then you're going to be climbing up another mile out of the canyon, gaining 4000 plus elevation. So it's a little less steep on the south side, a little bit more steep on the north side. But still, like, it's so much change. And I will say the down was harder than the up. Like the force that your body goes through when you're kind of toes pointed down, leaning back, like with this heavy pack on you. That was where my blisters formed. That was where like the, the leg cramping happened was the down. It wasn't the up, like when you're going up, you can kind of have the pack, you, you, could, you pitch yourself forward a little bit, like you're hinged at the waist and the pack is resting a little bit more comfortably on your back and you're using bigger muscle groups to, to get you going. Um, so the, I would say the down is, is a lot tougher. And if I were to do it again, I, would, I might try it the other way. So then there'd be less elevation um, going down so that there'd be less pressure and force on my feet. But along with that, it's very, very hot. So it gets over 100 at the bottom of the canyon. So on the north side, it is cooler. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll recap everything. But it, it was pretty cool that night when we were camping up there. Um, but then as you go down into the canyon, it's very hot. It's very exposed. So the heat with the packs, with the elevation change and the mileage like it just makes a very difficult hike like I will not deny that like I put my body through (laughs) you know some effort this weekend and I feel really grateful that I could do it but um, yeah I was definitely feeling it. Um, So to recap kind of just what our two days looked like I think I'll break it up into day one and day two. So day one we shuttled over to the north side and arrived about like 5 or 6 p.m. And on the shuttle ride, I learned that you needed a permit to camp. (laughs) And I, the research that I did said that you didn't. So I was kind of a little bit um, in my head as we were shuttling over. I was like, oh my gosh, what if we can't camp here. What if the whole trip's ruined? Like I just brought these guys out here and oh my gosh, like what have I done? So I was a little bit worried as we're getting there. And then on top of that, it started to rain. And (laughs) so you're getting over to the south, to the north side, it's raining. We don't have a place to camp officially and it's cold. Like when we were packing, I wasn't even going to bring pants. Like, I was prepared for hot. I wasn't fully prepared for cold. I knew that it was going to be cooler on the north side, but I didn't realize how cold. So I was really grateful that last minute I did pack some pants and a sweatshirt because that night we needed it. Luckily, we did find a camp spot. We just kind of parked it somewhere and nobody bothered us, which I'm super grateful for um we you know we kept to ourselves we weren't bothering anybody and plus we weren't going to be there for very long but um it was very cold that night <laughs> we all three cuddled up um in the den together and um yeah had multiple layers on like it was cold it was chilly <laughs> um but what a bonding experience you know <laughs> Um, But then that morning we woke up and we're ready for the hike. I think we left about eight, which for most people, most hikers, that's probably a little later than usual. A lot of them start at like five or even 430 um, because it is so hot and you want to beat the sun a little bit. And I don't know, we were just trying not to rush things and take our time. So we ended up leaving about eight and we hiked 15 miles that day. And like I said before, that down was a lot of force on the body. That was where we were really hurting, (laughs) definitely starting to struggle towards the end. And as the sun got hotter, as the day got longer, um, we we were losing it a little bit towards the end. And as you're doing something like this, it is important to hydrate. It is important to have electrolytes to drink and, you know, snacks along the way, which we did a really good job of doing. We took breaks in the shade and had time to drink our water and, you know, refuel. And we didn't want to rush and go too fast. But there were definitely times where it was just like one foot in front of the other towards the end there. Like that sun just gets so hot beating down on you. And I can just even reflect now, like, there were just times where I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is so beautiful. And I'm just standing there, like, breathing heavily as I'm recording something, like, beautiful and just knowing, like, I am so tired to even <laughs> fully appreciate this. Like, this video is going to be something I get to look at later. and <laughs> um, But right now I'm dying. <laughs> Um, but we did it. We made it and we camped really close to Phantom Ranch, which was cool. We got to have an ice-cooled lemonade as soon as we got down there. As we finished up there and got to camp, we went right into the water. We were right on this little creek, which was – there was water throughout the entire canyon, which I didn't fully know. There's a lot of fresh spring water creeks, I think they are, um, throughout. And so we had one running right next to our camp. And so we dropped our packs, got in the water, cooled off, and it felt, oh my gosh, like orgasmic. Like it, it was so nice to just get my head fully submerged under ice cold water after doing something like that. Like my body just really liked <laughs> that, uh, that cool down there. Um, but then after that, we just kind of prepared our camp. We... Did not need very many layers that night. It was still like 90 degrees when we were heading to bed. Like, we went from multiple layers to barely having a sleeping bag on. Like, it was so hot. Um, but we had a nice little meal. We got some of those meals are dehydrated and you just add water. And we were really surprised by how good they are. So that was kind of a cool experience to try some of these dehydrated meals and have a positive experience with them and feel like they tasted good. Um, but that night I was so excited to camp under the stars. Like like I mentioned before, the light pollution is so um, little there. So they were gonna be magnificent, I knew. And as the day went on, like, I was fighting sleep so hard to stay awake for these stars. Like, I was just exhausted. Like, you you, you didn't really sleep very well sleeping on the ground. You hiked 15 miles in the, the middle of the desert, the heat. Like, it just really wears you out. And so... My bedtime is also like 9 p.m. usually, (laughs) so by like 8 o'clock, I was so sleepy. I wanted to go to bed right then and there, but I was trying to stay awake, and I'm so glad I did. Like, the stars were insane. Like, it just felt like there was so much depth of the stars. Like, I was looking up at them, and I could see layers and layers of stars that, you you know, were in the distance behind these four, like, front stars, and uh, it was just... So crazy to look at. We saw multiple shooting stars and um, it was just a, a sight. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see like the Milky Way, you know, the clouds of that. I couldn't stay up late enough for that. I was hoping that like maybe my body would wake me up around 3 a.m., like going to the bathroom or something, and I would get to see it, but it just didn't happen. So that was a little bit of a bummer, but. Still, the stars were incredible, and if I could do it again, I would definitely have camped down there more than just one night so that I could maybe get to see them a little bit more because, wow. Okay, so then the following morning, we wake up. We didn't set an alarm. We just were kind of, like, letting our bodies wake us up, and it was naturally happening around, like, 530, and when I woke up that morning to go to the bathroom, like, I was shocked to see like everybody had gone like all of the people at the campsite were already gone and so um that was <laughs> kind of funny to to be like oh gosh like are we behind like we got we gotta go we still took our time and we didn't rush and you know there were moments where I wanted to get going a little bit faster than the other two because of the heat but I at the end of the day, like I was grateful that we took our time and didn't rush it because seriously, the Canyon is so beautiful. There's just so much to see down there. And it's just an experience that I'm never going to forget. And so I'm glad like each moment had more time with it. But that sun was relentless, I will say. So we ended up leaving about seven from the camp, and we prepared for pain. Like, <laughs> we were preparing to be hurting. Like, we were already had blisters and we're walking funny. Like, my calves and Achilles were getting tight. I had a couple of blisters on my feet. So did Alicia. Cesar was a champ. Like, he's an endurance athlete. He was completely fine. <laughs> but, you know, we still knew that we had a hard day ahead of a lot of uphill and a lot of sun and a lot of exposure. And so we left prepared to feel it. We had about a 10-mile journey out of the canyon and, yeah, lots of sun, lots of heat on on the way. And so, again, it was another day of stopping for breaks, drinking electrolytes, and refueling. And it was tough. Like, it definitely did start to wear on me a little bit, especially dealing with blisters and stiff legs. Um and there were a few moments where it was just one foot in front of the other, like that's all I could think about, all I could concentrate on. And I was trying to document as much as I could because I knew the videos and um, just the the pictures and everything I wanted to have for my for myself. And um, yeah, they became less because it just became pretty challenging. And at no point did I feel like that I wasn't capable of doing this or that, you know, I needed to stop and we needed a helicopter or anything. But there were that last mile did feel very challenging. So the south side is a tourist side. Like that's where a lot of people are coming for the day. They kind of hike down and they're just kind of uh, exploring the canyon. And so when we're coming up and out, we just started to run into a lot more people. And (laughs) just the difference between us and them was kind of funny I mean in the moment like we're cranky we're tired we're worn out like we just look rugged and these people are like smiling (laughs) they're upbeat they're smelling good like you know and we're just like get out of the way like we (laughs) at least for me there were like some moments where I was like dude like can you not see me right now like (laughs) struggling can you just please stop smiling (laughs) I mean, you know, I was so happy to be there, but there, that last mile was really challenging. Like we had to stop multiple times. There were water stations every mile and a half. Um, and so every mile and a half, we were like, just dousing our our bodies in water. Like I would get my whole, like all of my hair wet, my shirt wet. You know, we would have Alicia had, and Cesar had, uh, like like shirts that they're getting all in all wet and kind of wearing them so that we just felt a little cooler on that way up because it is all exposed it is all sun and all hot and all uphill so with those packs it becomes very challenging and out about a mile left my body did start to display symptoms of um like an electrolyte imbalance so we were drinking electrolytes like I think I drank like three a day, these little packages to replace all of the, the water that I was losing in salt and we were eating salty foods and stuff, but just under those conditions, like it's only natural that that could happen. And so I was starting to feel really fatigued. My body was starting to feel upset. Um, but so I drank another electrolyte and that did help me get through the rest. And luckily I did not feel like ill, but that last mile was pretty tough. And, um, all the smiling faces <laughs> were definitely pissing me off. <laughs> um, but I can totally see like on that note, I can see how people do get hurt doing this. Cause one thing I noticed while people were coming down was just like the lack of preparation. Like some people just had like regular shoes on. They had, you know, maybe a water bottle, not or or not one at all. They were wearing not a lot of like not their appropriate clothing. Like I could just totally see how people do get hurt out there because they're also coming at down midday, like what the heck, right? Um, like the National Park has implemented all of these stations, like these shade stations, these water stations to kind of help with that. Because um, without the water, without the shade, I think people really could hurt themselves. And so I, I that was just something that I noticed was like a lot of people with not a lot of preparation or maybe just um, common sense when it comes to hiking in the desert. We ended the hike about was it like 2 PM? So yeah, it was getting pretty hot towards the end there. Um, and right away we went and got food. We went to a Mexican restaurant and just kind of refueled, got, you know, some salty chips and then just went straight to the hotel. And let me tell you, I have never stayed in a hotel for like the full time. Like we, we went at 3 PM and didn't leave until nearly check out the next day. Like, I don't, I've never done that, I don't think, just like stayed in a hotel for the whole time. And it was glorious. Like, we took our showers, we um, used the massage gun on each other, laid in nice cushy beds and watched TV, and it was glorious. Like, (laughs) just so, so, so great. I mean, our bodies were pretty banged up at that point especially waking up the next day, like just the stiffness really set in. Like we were all walking funny, like between the blisters and the stiffness, like it was, it was a lot. And my back too had some knots and some tightness and it still does to be honest. And my calves are still a little bit tight. Um, but yeah, you could tell that we like, we, we, we went to war, we conquered (laughs) the Grand Canyon and our bodies really showed that. Um, I actually even got some bruises from my pack on my shoulders from like the rubbing and luckily not a lot of sunburn though. We, we did really well with sunscreen. Um, but yeah, our bodies have definitely been sore. And so we've just been trying to take care of them, be kind to them, drink extra water and, um, you know, fuel up and and rest and stretch and massage. And we've been recovering just fine. But I will say, like, it is a very strenuous hike. And I was really pleased at how I was able to do it. Like, that's a big ask for my body. And I'm so grateful that my body could do it. As well as just for the experience in general and to have friends to do it with. Like I couldn't have asked for better people to go with. Uh, Alicia is like my longtime friend. We've been friends for over 10 years and to experience that with her was so, so beautiful. And her friend Cesar came and he was also an amazing addition. All of us were very positive, very similar with like things that we like to talk about. We sang a lot of the trail to keep ourselves sane. (laughs) And just like the conversations and um, camaraderie was really cool. And I couldn't have asked for a better experience and better people to go with. Um, A couple of like takeaways or surprises from the hike. I just thought it was really well maintained. Like I said before, I you know, people can get hurt on here. And so I I see the intention that they've put in uh, making this as safe as possible. Like the trail was well marked. You never knew, you know, you were never confused on where where you were. There were bathrooms like all along the way. We saw many rangers and people on the trail. Like I learned that 50,000 people do this trail per year and they do it you're typically in the months of like April to October before the winter. And some people are doing it in a day. Some people are doing it, you know, more like us where we're backpacking and camping. Um, But you can tell people like that they want people to have fun doing this and not to hurt themselves. So I thought that was a really cool thing to see just how well maintained it was. And um, all the people out there just just so friendly and having a good time. Like I it was just so cool to be a part of an experience. So that is, yeah, my whole recap of Rim to Rim. Feels so good to check that off my list. That has been a big-time goal for myself. And, yeah, I mean, I just loved it. And talking about it makes me so happy. And it's just... I'm so grateful to have been able to do something like that and to share it with you. So if you have any questions about it, if you have the desire to do it yourself, like I am so happy to share with you more about what that looked like for us and give you any um, insight and details to help you. So let me know. But let's move on. I thought it would be cool to just keep going with some of these personal things. So some personal updates and things that I'm working on. Um, And the three things that are coming up for me have to do with a couple of different things. So the first thing that I have noticed for myself is being present. And this actually came from the hike. So, you know, to the point where I want to like almost like relive the hike. Like I want to be able to just... Watch myself do it again, or like put myself back in that position again, like knowing how it all works out and how it all um, is fine. Because one thing that I notice about myself is that I kind of have like a mentality of, you know, what needs to be done? What goal am I chasing after? What daily to do's do I need to be. You know, focusing on. And that can really take away from a lot of really beautiful moments. And I think being with Alicia and Cesar, who are more present, who are more go with the flow, and um, I don't know, I call them free spirits, but (laughs) like just being around them kind of made that a little bit more obvious for myself. Like, I think it is helpful and necessary to be planning, to be forward thinking, but in a moment like that where you're there, this is something that you've been working towards and have thought of doing for years and then actually doing it and just kind of missing out on some moments, like kind of does make you just more aware of that. Like I know part of this was just feeling exhausted, but part of it was too, like I was thinking about what needed to be done. Like, okay, we needed to get down to the camp and then we need to, you know what like what if the the permit doesn't work and then we're fucked you know <laughs> and then the next day is like hiking out and um you know just wanting to share this with you guys like i don't know there's just a lot of thinking forward thinking that i do and not always present moment thinking and so i want to get better at being more present and to let go of you know, the to do's and the, the grind and the goals, like just be okay in moments and be flexible, be, um, you know, just look at opportunity, like the opportunities in front of me. And this hike was a big reminder of that. So I'm working on being more present. And what that looks like for me is just, I think like, yeah, being more flexible and, like kind of tuning into like what is really feels really good for me that day and releasing some pressure and expectations. Like what I disclosed in the beginning of the podcast about, you know, when I'm going to have episodes released, I think like kind of has something to do with this. Like I don't want to be tied to um, constantly like goals and serving everyone but myself. Like I do want to take into account like my life and where I'm at with things. And so I think being present is involved with that. And I'm going to admit that I'm not the best at it and I want to get better at it. So the second thing that I'm working on is my dating life. So I've recently kind of started dabbling in some dating. I got on the apps and I've been open to meeting people who have some people who are you know, wanting to set me up. And I'm just exploring all of that right now. What is important to me, like in a partner, in a relationship with somebody, like what, like they offer their values, how I feel, and what do I want. And yeah, I've had a few people that I've met with and talked with, and I'm just sort of like, I don't know. All I can describe this as is as an exploratory phase. Like one thing that I noticed about my previous dating is that I tend to like I don't know meet some like one person and just kind of zero in on them, and it's game over. Like soon enough, we're going to be dating. And this time around, I want to be a little bit different with that. I want to. I'm. I guess you could say I'm playing the field a little bit. I'm just seeing what's out there, and it's not that I'm seeing like, it's not about them. It's about me. Like, I want to know like what feels best for me. Like, what life do I want to have? Like, where do I want to go? Like, what do I value? What is important to me and how, and, and what that looks like in another person, because I am looking to add a person into my life. Like, a serious relationship. Like I do feel myself getting closer. Um, but I want to be really intentional about who that ends up being because in the past I've dated people who have been wrong for me and I tend to put a lot of focus on them, forget about myself. I've been anxious and yeah, just like kind of like lost sight of myself and my life. And I don't want that to happen this time around. Like I ultimately do want to have children in a family and, you know, I do have time for that though. I do have like the biological clock ticking, but I do want to just have somebody in my life that's like, you know, in down for adventure, down for fun. Like I feel good around who makes me happy, who's growth oriented. And, you know, so I'm just trying to really be intentional about finding that person and not settling or not, just jumping into anything like i'm going slower with it and looking to see like who i feel my best around and who offers like things that are going to add to my life like i want somebody that's adding value to my life and so ways that i'm navigating that right now are asking myself some questions like while i'm with a person or just in general one of the questions is like how does my body feel with this person like, do I feel safe with them or do I feel anxious? Like, does are they consistent with me and, you know, aren't triggering that fight or flight response in my nervous system? Do I feel comfortable around them? Do I feel like I can be goofy around them myself? Like, I want to know, I'm just checking in with like how I feel in my body. Like, I think I'm used to getting the butterflies and like feeling like that real up and down, high, low roller coaster type feeling in the beginning and I, I've noticed like that doesn't get me in a, a good place. So I'm really looking to feel safe with somebody, have my nervous system feel calm, feel like reassured in that they're consistent. I don't get like, you know, inconsistency in their communication or um, you know, like hot and cold behavior. Like I'm just kind of looking at those sorts of things in, in who I'm dating. The second question that I'm asking myself is what is important to me in a partner? So I definitely have this adventure and hiking, you know, passion of mine. And I really want to continue that. And I'm hopeful to find somebody that's interested in those sorts of things too, because I want to have more of that in my life. And, um, That's something that is important to me. And while I was on the trail, like there were some cuties, like there (laughs) was, there were some cute guys hiking the rim to rim. And I was like, that is so attractive to me, you know, like somebody who's out here that's physically fit, active into nature. Like that is definitely something that I'm like valuing in a person. And I do think is important. Some other things that are important to me that I know of are some self, like having self-awareness and have a willingness to grow and, you know, have like evolution just in your vocabulary and mindset because I know that I'm going to continue to grow and evolve and I expect my person, my partner to do the same too um, just as we age, as we go throughout life. And so I want to be looking at you know, those sort of qualities in a person. Um, Some other things that I'm looking at and am curious about are like physical attraction. Like, you know, how important is that to me versus like the stability and consistency and other valuable things that I like, how valuable is fun and silliness and um, compatibility in, in that like chemistry connection type feel. Um, I ideally do want somebody that is silly with me and is fun and we have like a friendship as well as a partnership and so I don't know can you get all of that in one person like where you're physically attracted to them they are you know doing all the right things showing up for you and you know have similar values of you like I don't know like I'm still learning that and like how important that all is to me and like where the rankings are and if somebody does check off all those boxes or if I'm okay with like letting go on some things and um, knowing like those things could evolve like if say I don't really have full physical attraction for one person but I do another but they you know this guy with the less physical attraction offers a lot more of my core values. Like, you know, will the physical attraction grow and then it won't really be an issue or vice versa. Like the connection, the fun, the, the laughter that's there, the physical attractions there, but then like, okay, values are a little bit off or, um, they're still kind of evolving or growing. Like where, like where is all of this for me and what do I want to tolerate? What do I want In a person, and then the last question I'm asking myself is, Who do I want to be? Like, I also want to feel like a good person, a good version of myself with a person. And in the past, like, I haven't, I've lost myself, I've lost focus on my business or my passions, and um, yeah, I've not felt good, like, I've lost like that light, that spark, that energy by being with certain people. And so I am looking at like, who do I want to be? Who is going to elevate me and like bring out the best in me? Like, is this person down to do hiking adventures with me? Like, you know, be business focused and supportive of my my goals and my my aspirations. Like, I, I want to feel pushed. I want to feel inspired. I want to feel... Um, like a better version of myself. And so I am taking into account like just, yeah, who I am and what I want to be in a relationship and um, not just looking at everything that they offer, but like, what do I offer this person? Like, I want to show up and be a, a good person to them too. And so how do I do that? How can I best do that? And yeah, I don't know. That's kind of like where I'm at with all of that. Like, it's definitely... Dating and finding that, you know, person and somebody who I can grow with and maybe one day start a family with. And then the last thing that I'm working on in my life is just juggling everything. (laughs) Like, I am so grateful to say that I have so much goodness happening in my life right now. Like, I'm dating great guys. I have this podcast and business, you know, summer with friends and fun things planned. And yeah, there's, it's just a lot to juggle. And um, I am more of an introvert. And so I do need more downtime and rest and recharge. So I'm just trying to navigate it all like this fullness in my life right now. And I do want to not have like a life that's fully work or fully fun. Like I want it to be balanced. I do want to feel like just good when I like when, when I'm doing stuff, I'm trying to be intentional about just the balance of my life. And so I'm just in the middle of navigating and juggling all that's happening in my life. Luckily, it's a lot of really great things and I'm really excited for, but it's just, you know, it can be a lot at times to incorporate somebody new in your life or make time for new people and to have all these plans and visitors and, you know, things like that. And super, super grateful, of course, but it's just something to to be mindful of because I don't ever want to be in a place where I'm always working and not having fun. I do want to have a life that I look back on and feel good about and see fun things, you know, involved there as well as, yeah, I'm going after my goals and I'm, you know, achieving things and um, focused on, you know, my business and and growth in that way. But yeah, just (laughs) juggling. So in closing, I don't know. I just want to say I'm just so grateful for the hike, for my body, for the amazing things in my life, like this podcast and, you know, the other cool things happening in my life. And I don't know. I, I know this episode probably didn't have a lot of useful things for you, but maybe it was helpful to hear, like knowing about where I'm at with my journey and some things that I'm working on, as well as maybe some inspiration to hike or to challenge yourself with something like what we did. Um, I definitely feel so accomplished and so proud of myself for doing something like that. Um, it doesn't have to be something physical to push yourself with, you know. It doesn't have to be hiking the, the Grand Canyon, but just being on the other side of a of a goal that took years in the making, you know, is just so cool. Like I have been just riding this wave of just happiness and joy and. Um, that's just so cool. So if at the very least that inspires you to do something like that or, you know, inspires you to hike the Grand Canyon, awesome, like so down for that. Uh, but that's it. I'm going to end it right here. And I hope that you guys are having a wonderful day, wonderful week. And I'm going to see
0: you in the next episode. I just want to end by saying thank you so much for being here and for listening. If you like today's episode and are enjoying the show, please don't forget to rate it, subscribe and share with a friend any of these things are helping me so much to grow so I can get in the ears of those in need so I really appreciate it and for more content on self-love fitness and relationships you can find me at happy.i.nest.jess on instagram thank you so much and I'll see you in the next episode